An amazing afternoon. Uh, Peter Man. Ellis has had his uh, convictions over or quashed by the Supreme Court. Um, a woman that knew him very well is on the line with us, author of A City Possessed, the Christchurch Civic Case, uh, Lindley Hood. She joins us now. Hello, Lindley. Hey, Lindley. Hello. You must be overjoyed, are you? Is that the abiding emotion? I guess it's a, a huge relief that, um, yes, the courts have recognised that a mistake was made. Are you angry? No. No, it's a bit of a waste of energy getting angry. Mm. How did you come to know Peter Ellis? Well, I, I've, my background as a writer is in writing books on controversial issues. Mm. And um, at the time, I was writing a book about the only woman hanged for murder in New Zealand, who was Minnie Dean. Mm. Um, people were saying to me, Minnie Dean's um, conviction was a witch hunt. And I thought, what is a witch hunt exactly? And I started reading up on the witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries. And there were people making allegations of satanic ritual abuse of people. Mm. And then suddenly the, the same allegations popped up in Christchurch. I thought, oh, here's, a, here's, a, yeah. here's another story I can write. So... Um, I went on to that without any idea of, you know, with the controversies, there are two sides shouting mm. at each other from other sides of the street. And, you know, my task has always been to find out where the truth lies in the middle of it all. Were you always so convinced was, of his innocence right from the get-go? No, no, I, I had no idea. Um, I just wanted to collect up as much evidence as possible. And I wanted to find out what was the basis for the allegations, because there's usually something mm. there. And I spent seven years trawling through all the documents and interviewing as many people as possible. And the big problem was that there was no physical evidence and no child made an allegation against Peter Ellis while he was working at the crash. It was um, only later when this rumour of the satanic ritual abuse started swirling and children were getting interviewed <laughs> within an inch of their lives and given all sorts of leading questions that these things happened. So, um, yeah, I... I ended up writing a book about how could so many people have got it so wrong mm. rather than, because, you know, with other books I'd written, there was, you know, valid arguments on both sides. Yeah. But, you spent seven years uh, writing the book before you published it in the early 2000s. When did you first meet and interview um, Peter Ellis? Um, he was in jail by the time I... Um, interviewed him I, I he, he was you know pretty media shy mm. <laughs> um, I met his mother and I met the woman who were accused and I think his mother said look 
have it, have it talk to them, the hood. <laughs> See what you think. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's that's how I got to talk to him in, in prison. What was he like in prison? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, now we know what we know, and he knew back then what we know now, that he was completely innocent of everything claimed. So how did he hold up? What was his demeanour like in jail? Well, he... Oh, he's just a, such a positive character, I think. He, um, uh, of course, he was hurt and bewildered. Um, and he did, he loved the kids and had huge fun with the kids that he worked with. So his main concern was he was worried about the pressure they were under. Um, the really significant thing for people who thought he was guilty is nobody in prison laid a finger on him. And in yeah. fact, he he became a sort of shop steward for the lads working with the, um, helping people with the letters they had to write and sorting out family problems. And Now that's very interesting yeah. because I was speculating before three o'clock, Lindley, that you know, I was concerned that he might have had some awful treatment meted out to him, but somebody texted and saying they were in prison with him and, and he had a pretty good time in prison because the inmates all knew he was innocent. Yes, yeah, well, that's right. A couple of quick things. Two appeals, one in 1994 that saw three convictions dropped, another one in 1999, but that was dismissed. A ministerial inquiry in 2002 declined his request for a pardon. What, how, some of this information was available to them then. Some of the concern around Karen Zalysis, the specialist in child sex abuse cases that said some pretty outrageous things, some of that was known. Why has it taken so long, do you reckon? What's what, Why so long? I, well... I, I do wonder about some high-profile criminal cases where they start off as the question about, you know, is this person guilty or innocent? But then it gets sort of seized a uh, a great public anxiety about safety of children and mm. goodness knows what else. Mm. And suddenly it's trans formed into a sort of issue of good and evil. Mm. And, you know, we had all these professionals in psychology and the law who were protecting the world against evil. Yeah. And instead of looking at the evidence of the guilt or innocence of Peter Ellis, it seems to have been what happened and what happened in other circumstances like that around the world. The court made a point, too, of the contamination of evidence, you know, particularly among the parents. They they made a point also of saying the parents shouldn't be held to blame, basically. But that contamination of evidence, that was pretty instrumental in the conviction, too, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yes, well, a a big problem, I mean, the the, um, court did come down fairly hard on Karen Zealous, and um, she was very influential Mm. in the case getting getting up speed and, you know, getting Mm. to where it did. Karen Zealis, for those listening, she's a specialist in child sex abuse cases. She said at the time she believed stomach aches, tantrums and bedwetting were all signs of child abuse. 
Um, yeah. Yes. Well, Lindley, thank you very much for your time. Just one more thing before you go, Lindley. Um, the appeal was lodged before Peter Ellis passed away in 2019. When did you last yeah. speak to him? It, um, it wasn't long before he died. Um, he'd certainly told me he was terminally ill, and that was when Steve Ferguson and I and anyone else who was concerned about Peter was saying, you've got to get a new lawyer, you've got to get your case into the Supreme Court. Um, so we, we met over coffee after the rang <laughs> and put that to Peter. And um, he said, I'm wondering about going back to Rob, who was the lawyer who took his case originally. originally. Rob Harrison, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Rob did a brilliant job in the Supreme Court. He clearly did. Mm. Finally, Lindley, how important was it to Peter Ellis personally that his name be cleared after his death? Well, it was important to him. It was important to him that his mother, too, and sadly she died before she heard that. But, you know, and, and it was important to him that the kids hopefully don't, don't have to go through life feeling they have been abused children. Mm, that's a very interesting so thing. Concern was with the kids throughout. Right. Lindley, thank you for your time very much. I know how busy you are today, but we really appreciate it. And thank you for all your work in defence of Peter Ellis. Okay, thanks.